Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel, SI's Russ Dellinger, and SI's Pat Forty. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. I welcome to the pod, and uh, I got to say, gentlemen, Brandon Miller has been disciplined. See oh, this? really? Yeah, he will not be allowed to do his pregame introduction pat down, mm. as he had uh, apparently all season. That's a that's the uh, first seemingly punishment. Although he did that the Twitter ban, where the men's <laughs> basketball Twitter feed yeah. ignored him. So I yeah. guess that's the second sanction against uh, Brandon Miller, the. Alabama basketball star who um, is in the uh, lot of tumult, a lot of, lot of tumult. If you missed our lengthy discussion on it, we can go back last week. Uh, we won't rehash everything. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you probably understand that Brandon Miller drove uh, his car containing a weapon uh, belonging to Darius Miles over to uh, a spot in uh, on the strip in uh, – in Tuscaloosa, the strip is not a strip club. Apparently, that was lost in one Yahoo uh, commenters uh, bit. Glad we're reading these things real carefully. Uh, I'm telling you, like we actually did do a service kind of last week by going through as as painstakingly as we could all the facts because people have gotten so many of these facts wrong. Holy moly! Oh, including like the people at Alabama. Like, right. Well, like, yeah. I mean, it, I think a lot of it's perp and then it's like the purposely wrong sure. bit. Right. Yeah. Just cause he hasn't, you know, so anyway, he drove the murder weapon over. It got used in the shooting. There's a big shootout in Tuscaloosa. I continue to believe we're lucky. There weren't more fatalities as 11, at least 11 bullets flew around crowded bar district, but there, uh, you know, that whole scene. So then Saturday comes along and he's playing and he, he comes out and, uh, Again, it was like another unbelievable moment in this story where you're like, that can't, that mm. can't, I got what I'm seeing can't be true. Right. He comes out and gets a, gets patted down in, uh, in the pregame introductions. And apparently he'd been doing it all year. No one noticed. It's, it's been five weeks since the Alabama basketball team was involved in a downtown shootout that left one dead. And nobody at Alabama noticed or cared Alabama. to notice or anything. Cared, cared to notice. Yeah, I think. Nate Oates, unaware. I know we're stunned. Unaware of another thing. <laughs> I don't watch our introductions. I'm not involved with them. I'm drawing up plays during that time. 
seems like a procrastination if you're drawing up plays the very last second. But <laughs> I, I can actually believe that because I've yeah, seen he, coaches I think he draws doing up plays that. all the time. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. like coaches like the, they're doing their thing, and he's sitting there and he's getting out his whiteboard like, okay, we're coming off the opening tip, and we're going to do this. But to for nobody on the staff to have ever noticed this in the last yeah. five weeks, right? Oh how many God. staff members are there? How many support staff? How many, you know, I mean, come on. Uh, it, yeah, it would strike me that somebody would be like, you know what? Maybe this isn't the brightest idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, it was like someone sent me that. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I'm looking and I'm like, maybe it's something. Like, no. It was like Oates' original. Like, it's the whole story. I'm just like, no. Yeah. Couldn't right. be that dumb down there, could they? And, <laughs> you know, then you get the Alabama fan that's defending anything. Anything. Wow, it's it's a, they be, it's, it's an MMA intro. Well, no, the end, MMA thing's a pat down for illegal weapons too. It's just not any yeah, firearms right. usually. <laughs> You're looking for a weapon, yeah, but it's not. They don't check his ears. Oh, we know what it was. Even regardless, just what it might be. Even Nate Oates thinks it's inappropriate, and I'm not sure yeah. there's a lot on his not appropriate list. <laughs> or somebody told him to think it's inappropriate. Yeah, one of the uh, someone told him this is not appropriate. It's been addressed, and I can assure you it definitely will not happen again the remainder of the year. So we got that, at least. Yeah, <laughs> More reacting just, instead of acting. From yeah. Alabama. Yeah. You had thoughts, Pat. What are your thoughts? I did have thoughts. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and similar to your thoughts, where I was like, I, I just, like, just spare me any pretense of we are taking this seriously. We understand this is a tragedy. We feel terrible for the family. We're going to pray for the family. Just stop with all that. Stop with it because you're not acting like that's the truth. Going back to wrong spot at the wrong time, going back to failing to disclose at any point in time that Brandon Miller and Jaden Bradley were there, that Miller was questioned about having the weapon in the car, and then going forward and through this, I mean, I, I I was like you. I mean, all of a sudden that that hit social media, and I was like, "What? You cannot be serious. You cannot." I mean, there's just that's so incomprehensible to me, so unbelievably tone deaf, callous. So who cares? We're trying to play basketball here, you know. That it's just it's so insulting to to the family of this murder victim and anybody else that that feels like Alabama has not shown a whole hell of a lot of uh, concern about how it's handled itself in this thing. Yeah, I, I remember watching it thinking, first thing that went in my head is, surely this is something they do every game. And then my second thought was, well, they should probably stop doing this. <laughs> you know, every game. If, it, if that's the case, they should probably stop doing it uh, now or before now. Because, yeah, it's just um, just bad look. Bad, bad look. And, and like Pat said, kind of uh, goes along with a lot of the things we've seen during this saga, as we talked about last podcast. This seems like it would, it would, they would not be in this position had, you know, had they made a decision in January to suspend him and suspend everybody that was at the scene of a murder until the investigation is over. And maybe, you know, we wouldn't be in this spot. Yeah, I mean, the, the bit, what well, we've been doing it all year is like, well, so for five weeks, no one, like yeah. nobody, it just, I don't know. It's like, okay. What um, was okay in December was not okay as of January 15th. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't care what these guys do, but that it's just like, if you're the, you're a representative of the university, you're, you're the head coach, you're being paid four or five million dollars, maybe more now, uh, with his contract extension that occurred after the murder. Yeah. One of his players murdered somebody or was in, or is charged with a capital murder offense involving yeah. the death. He doesn't, made not the alleged trigger man, but whatever. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It's it's just sort of one more thing. And this is kind of why I, I don't know what you guys are here. I mean, everybody I'm talking to is the same thing. Like they just cannot believe he didn't get they didn't suspend him. They didn't they didn't take a pause after the murder to figure stuff out. What you know, what is going on? The, the fact that uh, Brandon Miller and his attorney never f- told Alabama that, oh, the murder weapon was in the car that I drove over there or my client drove over to say heads up. Hey, there's a preliminary hearing on Tuesday. This will probably come out at the preliminary <laughs> hearing. I'm like, I get you. Maybe you just don't tell anybody anything. I mean, it, brand the the number one job of for Brandon Miller is avoiding getting charged with a crime, right? And you know, Alabama's criminal conspiracy law is incredibly forgiving. So. He's not, you know, he, he's probably not, but it, it's close enough where, because it's not just because they say, well, we, we don't view him as a suspect. That doesn't mean they can't charge him later. Right. They do yeah. that all the time. So if you're the attorney, I get it, right? Shut up. We ain't talking to anybody. But like, you know, on Tuesday, this is probably coming out, maybe a little heads up, but then Alabama completely trusts this attorney and Brandon Miller. So they're all in on it. A lot of people just I can't understand the, the exposure Alabama has, and then it, this is just sort of one of those examples of like, so, you know, two of your guys are at a murder scene and you didn't spend any time saying, hey, when one of them got shot at his window shot twice, no one was like, hey, let's take a little time here. Let's settle it down. Let's see how this shakes out. Let's review some things like all the way down to the pregame warm-up. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing. I mean, I I listened to the NATO Zoom call you know, that Monday, all right, Miller was charged on Sunday. On Monday, they had a Zoom call to preview the Vanderbilt game, and I got on it, like, what the heck are these guys even going to say? And it was, you know, clearly said, none of our other players are impacted by this. Everyone is available to go to Vanderbilt. Okay. In retrospect, that's uh, that's curious, you know, and, and – Going back to then, I just uh, I I I did a story on this, uh, you know, kind of a, just kind of what the heck's the deal? Who's Darius Miles? What's the deal? Just a very cursory story, uh, maybe 600, 800 words. And one of the things that that I looked at trying to find out is he'd been in trouble before, and yes, he had been in on in off and on some trouble. He was not an easy player to coach. It doesn't appear. But he missed one game against Tennessee for poor practice habits. No, so no. if you can miss a game for poor practice habits, maybe somebody else could miss a game for being at the scene of a murder. Maybe. Unless you're the best player on the team and the best player on the college basketball. I don't know. Poor practice habits, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll really get you in trouble at Alabama. And, like, like it's gotten so far now away from the event if it's almost like one of those situations if they suspend him now it's like it's an obvious reaction you know to the to the the news cycle it's almost like it almost feels like 
too late now. You missed your chance, and now you're in it. You know, you're in it now, and you got to stick with it. And it's going to be a distraction. And you know, if you can fight through the distraction, okay. I I I kind of can't believe that. Uh, I guess that they would be okay with the distraction, right? Like coaches are always about put the blinders on and all that stuff. And like this is just, I mean, this is being covered nationally on on every show and it just seems like it it's going to really impact them at some point well yeah but not as much as a guy who can score 65 yeah, points in a true. week true. <laughs> i mean I, I i think the situation is i mean nate oates has not cloaked himself in glory here i mean it's, it's uh, you know the guy's a great basketball coach but a good recruiter obviously got brandon miller to tuscaloosa but I mean, his press conferences have been, you know, I think we now have bet MGM over unders on how many clarifications are going to come <laughs> from the next uh, NATO's yeah. press conference. Uh, the first comments were, you know, wrong place, wrong time was just kerosene on top of the uh, story. Yeah. Now they said, well, he didn't know what had come out in the, before he spoke to the media, what had come out in the hearing. Well, why not? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, at least this time on Saturday, they told him, Hey, this is this is an uproar on social media about this pat down. So at least he was prepared for it. He wasn't prepared for that. He doesn't really communicate well. He's I don't think he's big on empathy in in that manner. And that's just you know, that's I think just the way he talks and stuff. I mean, um, so it has not gone well uh along those lines. And uh but I can see him just saying, Hey, we got Brandon Miller. It's it's really the rest of the school that's supposed to be about not about the basketball team, but about the reputation of the university and and the basketball program as a whole, because coaches get blinders on and they don't really care. And I think what we have here is is, you know, I mean, look, this is the least disciplined, most outlandish college basketball program I've ever heard of. I mean, I <laughs> You know, there was a Baylor murder 20 years ago, but the whole thing blew up after that. Not, we're going along fine. Right. You know, this is it. This is the rebel program of all rebel programs. And for a school to just charge into that and 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 become this kind of a of a, a thing that it, it, I mean, people are talking about Alabama basketball that never talk about college basketball. Don't even talk about sports. Right. So to like say this is what we this is what our program is going to be. We're going to be the the most the most over the top out of control program that college athletics which is has a rich history of out of control programs has ever produced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not like Nate Oates may not be sharp enough or aware enough of the big picture to get away from that. He should be. But somebody's got to be there saying, "Hey man, this is going to have implications beyond whether we beat Auburn this week. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things here. I will say uh, that I have heard from Alabama alums, Alabama faculty, some a couple of fairly prominent people who are really appalled by this. Like, they're not roll-tiding. They are like, oh, my God, mm. what is our university doing? Of course. Yeah, they are, you know, people that, that yeah, aren't just in this to win the SEC. So it, it, the people that care about something beyond let's win a basketball game are pretty appalled. Secondly, Ross, to your point, and I was asked this today on, on radio because to Dan's point, that's all everybody wants to talk about right now, uh, other than maybe like NFL free agency. But, 
you know, it, it's basically, it, is it too late to do anything? And, you know, and they, yes, they're like their window of looking like they actually care closed. All right. That's over. The only thing you could do, you could call a meeting of the board of trustees, the university president, Greg Byrne, Nate Oates, and say, look, we handled this really badly. That doesn't mean we just have to charge onward. We can go back and now we can try to correct this. All right. We can do something here. We can take some steps and try to do something other than just saying, whoop. We blew it, but let's just blunder straight onward. It would be hard. It would be embarrassing. It would be backtracking in the face of this, and it would hurt your basketball team. But you could do those things if you actually wanted to. I don't I don't anticipate it. I don't expect it'll happen, but it could. Yeah, pipe dream on that one, I think. Yeah. I mean, but it's probably I, the only way it happens, yeah, is like yeah, I, the board gets involved, right? Yeah. President. Again, like, as we said, no suspension – of Brandon Miller brings back Jamea Harris. No, nothing can, 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 you know, it, it's, it's not relevant. It's not an A and B thing. It's not crime and punishment, but you know, and, and I, we stated in the last one, I, like I'm more of just a, the observation of this is more it. I'm more observant than like advocate that, Oh, there you go. Sit Brandon Miller a couple games. That'll do it. It's just in the history of college basketball. Forget it. Like this isn't even a this isn't even a a a, a decision. I, I was talking today about this, and uh, I'll bring up the story. Twenty years ago, okay, twenty years ago. So next time these administrators and these coaches want to complain how NIL has changed what college basketball used to be, college football. Okay, here's twenty years ago. New York Times. Villanova suspended 12 players on its men's basketball team yesterday, saying an internal investigation showed they had used a university access code to make unauthorized telephone calls. 12 players. Yep. Suspended players include leading scorers Gary Buchanan and Ricky Wright. Only three guys weren't involved. <laughs> they suspended 12 players. They had to stagger the suspensions because you didn't have enough guys to play. It almost cost Jay Wright his job. Imagine this. Yeah, he was new to the job. He was pretty pretty yeah, early on. 15 and 13, new to the job. What they found out was there was a staffer that ha somebody in the athletic department had an access code to dial long distance. This was before everyone had cell phones. Yep. And these guys got a hold of the access code, and they were calling mostly home to their parents. Okay. How, how dare they? Yeah, called mom or like a girlfriend back home. They're all using the code, and thus they were all suspended between three and seven games. Okay? I'm disappointed for them, really, Wright said. They're good guys who made a poor decision. When you're 18 to 22, you know sometimes you're going to make bad decisions. I think they were, thought they were doing what other students. We make them understand all the time. They're being held to a higher standard. In 20 years, we've gone from this, which a little, little rough, okay, to, hey, man, he wasn't charged with capital murder. <laughs> like is, is, is college, is the college, is this the nail that like, is this the final nail in the coffin? I say that scared because it always goes lower. I don't know what gets lower than this, but is this it where we're just like, we've given up on the idea that this is about molding men and the discipline. Can we just give up on the charade? 
Well, is this the one? Because what happens in college sports is people reject. They go, well, don't punish my school. They let this school get away with this, right? Yeah. Why should my guy be suspended? Uh, Bill Self won the championship last year. Will Wade kept coaching. They're doing this over at this school. Uh, They're paying guys at this school. Is this the one where it's like, I don't want to hear about discipline or punishment. Alabama played a guy who brought a murder weapon to the murder. The first reaction that, uh, Saw from the, you know, I know we're going to get to it, the NCAA ruling on Miami, the NIL, the first NIL-related yeah. case. The first reactions, right, were certainly other fan bases responding with, oh, yes, penalize the uh, women's basketball player <laughs> for having dinner at a businessman slash booster's house, but don't involve yourself at all in penalizing or you know, slapping even with any, commenting any, yeah, right. Over a, um, over a basketball player who's actively participating in games and, and brought a, a gun that used as a murder weapon, uh, eventually used as a murder weapon who was on the scene as of a murder. So that, it, this is like a years long thing where, where you have like two, two buckets here. You have the NCA rules and then you have not NCA rules that the NCA doesn't police, which are off the, off the field stuff and you know schools for the longest right took more seriously the bucket of the NCAA and the NCAA rules uh, and they were they were more fearful and probably still are right today this is a good example that they they still are more fearful fearful of the NCAA rules now that's starting to diminish a little bit the NCAA is starting to be a little more insignificant in a lot of people's minds but yeah, that, that story is is um, fairly mind-blowing that you read about 20 years ago. And it just, yeah, it brings back today, you know, the, the, the Cavender Twins stuff in Miami. That was the that was the first reaction. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, that 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 is that is the game college af- college fans play constantly. It's a very tiresome game to me and to probably to all of us here, you know, of like, well, don't punish us because look what they did. And don't do this because they did that. And, you know, this and that and the other. But this Alabama thing is like, whoo. I was at the SEC tournament in 2019, I believe it was, when LSU came trotting out as the SEC regular season champions like a week after we broke the story about Will Wade's strong-ass offer. Right. And even, even then I was like, wow, they got some gall. They're just rolling with this. But in comparison, that's like, eh, who cares? Yeah, that was funny. That story was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Strong-ass offer quote was great, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's wasn't funny the guys had to go to prison, but they never (laughs) – none of that should have been illegal. Right. And, look, it's two totally separate things to people who really know college athletics. One is a – manual about this and and you know should the cavender twins these two these two women players from a uh, few you know women from fresno they transfer to miami they have a meeting the night before with a booster and their parents and well is that you know that a violation that's one thing the ncaa does they don't do this but in the general public's mind it all goes together right yeah right in the same yeah. way like it, to me this is the biggest case since north carolina got away with the kids doing no-show classes yeah, and, and it's years like of it's, academic it's a, fraud. Yeah, and it's not it's not a pun. Well, we can't do anything about that. And you sit there and go, okay, I get, I, I understand all the little bylaws and stuff like that. But it, as a general principle, you're like, this is a joke, right? You guys are a joke. 
you guys are joking about rules when literally educating the students is no longer a thing. <laughs> and I just think Alabama's decision here is the biggest body blow to whatever is left of the credibility because this is what's going to be cited forever, even oh, yeah. though it's two separate different things. To the guy sitting at home, yeah, they're like, wait, you're going to try to punish my school for this? We did, you know, what is this over here? This is taking the ideal of what college athletics is about, that high-minded ideal, and just forget it. It's over. Like, we're just going to take that, and, and it is officially over because of that. that. That's the decision that Alabama had that will impact all the other schools. And so, again, that's why I always thought they would suspend or, or sit them for a minute and sit sit everyone involved and say, what is going on here? We clearly were not told what happened. We didn't know. We're flying blind on all sorts of things that we don't know is going on. We're going to take a minute, and for the sake of the reputation of our school and the sake of the reputation of college athletics, we're going to take a minute. Let's sit for a bit. Maybe come back. Maybe you don't. I don't know, but there's a bigger thing. Instead, it is just full boat ahead. Scandal what scandal. We don't even know how we warm up. Or and, we get introduced or whatever. And you don't you don't have really any um like in the NFL, you obviously have oversight from the from the NFL commissioner who does get involved. We've seen in the past, especially Roger Goodell, getting involved with like you know, not Oh, he'd be disciplined NI, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. You yeah. don't have oh, yeah. that, you know, we don't have <laughs> that in college NBA. now. People think we should have that in college, right? We should have an FBS football commissioner or whatever, some, you know, some kind of commissioner over over the FBS schools. It, it, but you don't really have oversight. The, the, the closest oversight is like a Greg Sankey of the SEC. And, you know, I, obviously they haven't done anything, but they don't usually get involved either in the, the criminal realm. That's you, you see that in pro, but you just don't see it in college. And maybe that's something coming down the pipe. Uh, especially if there is some kind of new whatever governance structure in college, maybe you do see. Uh, because I think if you had a, some kind of oversight, like if this were professional ranks and you had a commissioner, like Dan just said, right, you'd, you'd probably have the other teams, team owners or whatever, getting to, together on a board and saying, hey, this can't fly. You know, you got to at least spend him for a couple weeks. You're, you're right. We have to, we're damaging the brand, right? right. The NFL is all about the shield. Alabama's decision has put college basketball on the outskirts of even the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's where it, and that's where the other people get upset and go, wait a minute, this is terrible for us. Yeah. The 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 point, yeah, this is a good point. Is and Dan, I remember us talking about this on our radio show a thousand years ago about the the Penn State Jerry Sandusky stuff and saying yeah. This is basically too serious for the NCAA rulebook. Mm -hmm, and right. you're counting on the school to be the pillar of decency and accountability here. And the school isn't doing it. And so if the school isn't doing it, then I don't know what you do. Well, the you NCAA know? tried, and then that didn't work yeah. either. Nope. No, it didn't work Yeah, at it all. backfired, right. So, But you got to be tough and just say, we don't care. You have to have a buy-in. I thought the problem with the NCAA thing was it was all about, like, recruiting sanctions and stuff. It was like... 
Yeah, no, it was it was misplaced. It was like a miss. Like they only could speak one language, which is like, how do we stop official visits? <laughs> right. Stuff like that. Like that's well, they did scholarship production, right? Wasn't it like a multi-million dollar fine or something? It was a huge fine, huge. Yeah. huge fine. the fine would be one thing. It was when they were yeah. trying to basically punish the program from from for winning. Like taking, yeah. I remember taking away scholarships is not a good thing. Like that just means less kids got a scholarship in the country. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did a poor job, but it's, the NCAA is clumsy and unable to handle this. I get it, but right. that's where we're at because there's sort of the the professional expectation that everyone will at least have some kind of a of a reasonable standard, yeah. and that's yeah. what I think has shocked college sports is Alabama, the establishment of establishments, right? Practically, is just like yeah, we're the ones that are just going to be like yeah, whatever, yeah. And, you know, it, it is interesting to think whether the SEC could or would feel like stepping in, because I do remember during the Penn State thing, there was at least a lot of back-channel discussion from the Big Ten. What can we do? You know, there were some people wanted to kick Penn State mm. out of the Big Ten. Yeah. You know, that's not obviously going to happen with Alabama here. But, you know, is there anything that could be done? Greg Sankey, first of all, is the most powerful and influential person in college athletics. Secondly, he said a word. no, and on occasion he has made it clear through back channels like you will not hire Hugh Freeze as an offensive coordinator or you will not hire somebody else who's got some very fresh baggage until some time has passed. Uh, but uh, to, to the best of my knowledge, no public commentary, at least so far from Greg on this. Yeah, well, the SEC did do this. Freshman of the week this year, this week. Was Nick this Smith week? Jr. of Arkansas? Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Scored fifty points this week, including twenty-four and a loss to Alabama. Brandon Miller, who had sixty-five points and two victories, was not the freshman of the week. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now he's been freshman of the week like six Curious. other times. So who knows? <laughs> so they're, they're they're cracking down. They're cracking. Yeah. Down. I don't know. I don't. It, this story remains absolutely fascinating. I still don't know what's going to come. They, I, by their own admission, they still don't know half the story it's just like a hope and a prayer that's like hey hope it doesn't break bad in another you know like pat you mentioned something in that case i don't, I don't want to dial too dig too deep in this thing but you, you mentioned a really interesting thing in your column i think last week was you know brandon miller was going over to pick up darius miles right that was mm -hmm. the big thing well he's, he's he got to pick him up but Jaden bradley was already there with yeah. his car or was there yeah in a car or was there at the yeah right there because honestly the, the shooting started right after Miller. Shot. did brandon miller know Jaden bradley was there like was there any other communication did miles send a group text or was it individual text like because it's like if brandon miller knew Jaden bradley was there and didn't and darius miles didn't need a pickup like that's like as 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 thin of a line as they're walking the line gets even thinner right yeah. No. Hmm. Yep. You know, I mean, go. that's look. There's there's a lot of questions that still are not answered. Yeah, because then there's no investigation. So it's like <laughs> they're just blind. They're just blindly going forward, and it's like, okay, we'll see what you know what happens. You know, there's just so much unknown, and there's so much put on this. While the police, like those Tuscaloosa detectives, are looking to solve a murder, they're not looking to do a com comprehensive investigation of this night. Right. And it's two totally different things. And so it's just the standard's been crazy. So 
story's not going anywhere but nope. uh and man i it's a it's a shocker i've i've been i've found it to be very interesting listening to people in college athletics the last five days yeah the best place to see stars is at home with prime video get everything included with prime like mr and mrs smith starring donald glover and maya erskine rent or buy hits like mean girls starring renee rap or add on channels like max for curb your enthusiasm with larry david you've never seen so many stars in one place prime video find your happy place restrictions apply prime membership not required to rent or buy prime membership required for add-on subscriptions see amazon.com slash amazon prime for details they they rarely expect a, a new bottom to be hit but this might have been it and so <laughs> bama's embracing it though boy uh they're embracing it and uh i'll say this man he is a uh, heck of a player. That second half against Arkansas was something else. Really good. So, he, and yeah. It's a very good team. Very if you're good Bama team. right now, do you want to win the national title? Or are you like, no, I'm not talking about the fan that just literally doesn't care. And I and and you can scold Alabama fans, but if it was your team, that there'd be fans of that too. I mean, fans are, I, I don't know how people cheer. People who are, live in the town where the, where the Bama basketball team created a shootout and killed and had left someone dead cheers for the team but that's how it, this is how it works as fans are short for fanatics this is what they do but like other than that like if you're in the administration if you're the president of alabama do you want to win this title or are you just like man nice second round loss let's get out of here <laughs> that's a really good question make the final uh, four and it's the and yeah, then it's like good yeah. morning america time oh I'm, are or, you kidding can you imagine that week of the Final Four? You know, you you get in on a Saturday or a Sunday. You don't play again till the next Saturday. That's going to be the entire discussion. And it's not just yeah. going to be a bunch of sports hacks like us. That's where you're going to have, you know, CNN and Fox News and Good Morning America and NBC and ABC all going to be there. They're already on it now. But, yeah, it gets yeah, even bigger. But, no, yeah. gun, you know, uh, school shooting advocacies and those types oh, of things. Yeah. I mean, eh. It just becomes this massive thing. I don't know. I mean, if I'm like the president at this point, maybe you did not know what you were doing when you blindly walked into this and believed a lot of stuff. You like you, but at this point, it'd be like I think you know, man. If Iowa State knock locks us down in that second round, I don't know if Iowa State's going to make it. But yeah, no, like, like, that's actually pretty good, Dan. That could that could be yeah, a second round right, match, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's you know, I mean, it's like I mean, there's also the bit like if you're Brandon Miller. You know, like you just—I don't know what he can do. Like he's going to be the second or third pick in the draft. Like he's done enough to do that. Is it just like okay, this is over for us, me at Alabama? I mean, he—he he wants to clearly wants to play and win a title, but like that's yep. a that's a that's a secondary thought. Like, does he want to go through this? Well, has it has this impacted his NBA, you know, draft status at Not all? Not much. No. If it does, he'll drop to like four. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, I, I would. The it'll be one of those things where the whoever decides they want to draft him at three or four or five or whatever says, you know, we did a lot of due diligence. We talked to a yeah. lot of people. And right. Did our own we just know. Yeah. It's really more. Is this player. Brandon Miller's character, or did he have do a did he did he make right. a, a dumb mistake? Right. And so I get that. For Alabama, it's we're forever linked to this decision. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's, I think it's like, but I don't, you know, whatever, if they're going to pick them, they're going to pick them. 
I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I don't know. I just, it's, it's, it's a fast, it's like a, it's like a debate. You want the, the negative publicity, but hey, you win. Like, do you want that visual of your fans cheering and, or is it, cause this isn't like, you know, I mean, it was kind of funny last year, like Kansas winning it and like <laughs> awkward and, but that was yeah. like nothing, like whatever. No. Yeah. That's what I, I, said, I said in the column, if you were vaguely uneasy about Kansas winning last year, how are you yeah. going to feel this year when you watch Brandon Miller and Renee Oates go up the stairs on the ladder with the, with the scissors? Yeah. All right. So just to circle back quickly to this Miami Cavender twin NIL ruling, the women's basketball coach at Miami suspended three games, women's basketball at Miami now. Now, in the, I feel like, you know, that scene in uh, Goodfellas when Henry gets gets pinched for the first time and he and he doesn't rat and he takes his hit and then he comes yeah. out of the courtroom and the, all the gangsters are there and they give him a big hug, like, welcome to the club. <laughs> I feel like men's basketball and football were like waiting outside the NCAA room. Thank, thank you, Katie Meyer, women's basketball coach in Miami. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Get in, rat. You suck up for yes. your friends. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like you're one of us now, right? Like yeah. finally, women's basketball has done it. But to circle back on this, because uh, it is the first NIL infraction ruling, what what do you think this signifies, Ross? Well, I, I think that it uh, it certainly at least tells us that the NCAA is pursuing NIL related infractions and potential violations, but the NCAA. Uh, you know, enforcement has not followed up on its on its threat, which was to disassociate and penalize boosters who are committing alleged violations, and they didn't do it in this case. And we did we did uh, get from the the you know Pat had the the documents of the case and everything, and the infractions committee or committee on infractions did make it fairly clear that they were upset at the NSA enforcement staff, I don't know if Pat can speak to this more, that they didn't disassociate, didn't require Miami to disassociate from from John Ruiz, which the NCAA calls a booster in, who himself, Ruiz, does does not call himself a booster, but claims that he is not a booster and he is a businessman running a business. Um, but but the Camino Infractions did put out another threat in the case, like, we are gonna. We will penalize boosters. We didn't do it here. We were a little troubled that it wasn't done here, but we're gonna do it. So more threats put out. But I do think just from talking to people in the NIL community, it did get people's attention. There's no doubt that um, it got collectives and boosters and CEOs' attention. At the NCA, did come out with something uh, because I I do believe that a lot of people in the NIL industry thought. There would never be any kind of enforcement on NIL. There would never be any kind of real ruling. Um, and although this was light, it it was a ruling. It was that. And yeah, th- this is all, you know, we'll see if the NCAA can actually, you know, pull itself together to an extent where it can effectively, quote unquote, police this space, however much it really needs to be policed. But if the rule is no recruiting inducements in terms of pay for play from boosters, then then there's that rules being broken left, right, and center all over the place. This one, to me, was a, a fairly classic NCAA situation of, hey, 
We've got an NIL case. We've been working on this. We got one. And it's women's basketball and the penalty's small. And we're not disassociating a booster. It's like, oh, build up. Here we go. Here we go. We got. Oh, no, not really that much. Yeah. Not a nothing burger, but but not a lot on that burger. So, you know, it's just that that seems to be the way these things operate. And look, the enforcement staff thinks that they were being fair to John Ruiz. The Committee on Infractions people absolutely disagreed and wanted to disassociate him. And they're like, hey, we didn't have the we didn't have the the blunt force thing to 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 do it. So, you know, that like the Nigel Pack, there was this alleged contract for Nigel Pack that was put on the internet by John Ruiz for eight hundred thousand dollars for two years. No charge for that. Couldn't, you know, that that didn't materialize whether that was all overblown or what, but there was, you know, there was no charge associated with that. And so I think people will understandably sit back and say, well, until you get somebody like a Texas A&M or, a, you know, somebody involved with Jaden Rashada, we are, we'll, we'll believe it when we see it. And so there's still some proving to do, I think, for the NCAA here. There, and there's, there's obviously a lot of pretty obvious violations going on to do with the inducements, you know, collectives and boosters talking to prospects and recruits before they sign anything, before they even commit about NIL and about their deal, their obvious inducements. The problem I think that the NCAA is having is that it, it, it really needs proof that it was, NIL was being used, you know, to induce a recruit. And actually this case with the Cavender twins, right, they actually found, they specifically said in the case that they found that, you know, the uh, at the dinner that they had at the Boosters had, John Ruiz's house, NIL wasn't discussed. And they didn't go to the school for NIL reasons. They specifically said that. So this is more like, and I think this was used in the, uh, this term was used in the case, was an NIL adjacent case. Because yes. in a lot of ways, it yeah. wasn't really an NIL case because they weren't induced they didn't you know nil wasn't an inducement to get them to come to school but we know that is happening and i do believe ncaa enforcement are is pursuing those but it really needs some documentation and that's what's been difficult and that's why they changed the standard of a violation starting january 1 where they can use circumstantial evidence but they still have to have that circumstantial evidence and it's just it's difficult it's it's difficult to to get that that kind of proof. Yeah, the the presumption of a violation could be the game changer, but somebody's going to have to actually Presum- see it yeah, happen. Yeah, presume pre- you're presumed to be guilty. So yep. unless you prove right, otherwise, they said right. Yeah, yeah if you you got to prove a negative that we didn't discuss it, uh, right? If it looks like a duck, walks right. like a duck, they said it's a duck. All right. Well, speaking of somebody who uh, could land some nil uh, inducements if if he was so inclined. Five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola, one-time Ohio State commit. He's the number one ranked prospect for uh, 24-7 and rivals. Hails from uh, Arizona. Went up to uh, Nebraska with his dad. Uh, His uncle Donovan is on the uh, offensive line coach for the Huskers. Dominic um, was a longtime uh, Detroit Lion, great player. He was at the Nebraska basketball game. Uh, they gave a uh, serenaded him, huge cheers. He waved to the crowd, all of that. Told I'm reading 24-7 sports. Uh, never experienced anything close to that. 
Those fans are the best. They've always showed my family love. It means a lot. It's a blessing to be able to experience that. Huge, huge potential deal for Matt Rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers because you just don't always have that possible tie. Now, Georgia is in the mix. Maybe Ohio State is still. I think Michigan went out there to visit them. All the, uh, you know, all the, all the normal guys are going to be involved, but they get involved with everybody. How big is this for Nebraska? And is he is he going to get is he going to get this done? What do you think, Pat? Yeah, I mean it's huge for Nebraska, absolutely huge. And yes, this could be something that's like the family helps kind of make it happen. But if you get you get one guy at that position who's a game changer, you raise your program up. You win the Big Ten West, or well, there may not be even divisions at that point. But you're playing for a Big Ten championship or whatever. That's how you get more people to come to school there. So you need one domino to fall, start bringing other dominoes, and Nebraska's, I think, in dire need of a, a big domino. And looks like a good chance for him. If I were a betting person, I would bet he does go to Nebraska right now. But as you said, a lot can change. We're just in February. Yeah, some deep connections there. It would make a lot of sense uh, in Nebraska. You know, we're talking about NIL. Right, Nebraska has uh, allegedly, um, because again, there's not a lot of transparency <laughs> right now, um, no database or documents, but uh, Nebraska allegedly has pulled quite a bit of NIL. Uh, they've got, they had, at some point, they had two or three collectives. Now, I do think that they have done what a lot of schools have done, done, and they have, they have um, kind of combined their collectives, but there's, there's some, Pretty good NIL money there. There's not, I was in Nebraska in October, and there's not a lack of resources there. Uh, facilities are incredible. They're building a brand new football facility. And from what I gather, they have no issue with NIL. It was, uh, you know, the old, uh, when I was there, it was the former football coaching staff, basically Scott Frost fired staff. And, and there was a lot of talk in the football building about NIL. It was very clear that they they had some money in I think, you know, a guy like Rayola, not just he's not just a, a top flight quarterback. He's the number one recruit overall in the class by I think most services. And that that is uh that is well into the seven figures, you know, that is seven figure NIL situation on a yearly basis for sure. Yeah. I mean, ever since NIL was even a con- a concept, it was we we thought Nebraska would be one of those schools that could benefit the most. Yep. Not that they're necessarily going to be the richest, or, or they, 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 but that they would have the highest they could climb. Like Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, those guys are already at the top. Right. But Nebraska is not. It does not have proximity to talent. It, it's cold. It's yeah. It's you know, there's a lot of corn. <laughs> it's not really things kids are normally looking for, but they got fans, and if you got some money, boy, it starts working. That's how you. That's how you get talent. So. We think Nebraska would always be a big benefit of this, and I and then you add in these family ties, and you got Matt Rule, and and everything else there is fantastic, as you mentioned, Ross. I mean, they don't. There's no better fan base uh, than than Nebraska, and uh, the facilities and the whole thing. So, really, really interesting. We'll stay on that. He's our new Arch Manning. There you Dylan go. Is our new Arch Manning yep. this year. We'll see who gets the Johnny Walker blue, whether Dominic, <laughs> Dominic Rayola, I know, would definitely, I don't know if he'd drink Johnny Walker blue, but he'd probably knock a few back on the uh, whoever wants to buy it. Pretty funny guy. Yeah. He's a 
really good player. All right. Also, speaking of money, Michael Alford, the Florida State Director of Athletics, told the university's board of trustees Friday that, quote, something has to change. End quote. I'm reading the Tallahassee Democrat here. When it comes to closing the growing gap between the ACC and other conferences, Alfred said Big Ten schools receive $80 million a year from the Big Ten uh, in, with their new deals. SEC, about $72 million. FSU is going to be stuck at $42 million. So $30 to $40 million behind. And the, it, it, the ACC TV deal runs for, uh, what is it, 2037? 36. 36, I believe. Yeah. 36. Mm-hmm. Oh, much better. <laughs> we have to do something, Alfred said. Because we are a brand and we're a very important brand and we drive media value in this conference. Man, they beat Florida and Miami in one year and all of a sudden they're all back <laughs> to being, we deserve the money. No, he's not wrong. And I'm sure they're scared as hell because not only do they have to compete with the SEC, they got to compete with Florida. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be trailing 30, 30, 40 million dollars when there's, when there's a school right there. But basically, he's proposing or, or hinting or whatever that the ACC should give more to the bigger brands and less to the smaller ones, change the distribution model instead of, I think everybody gets 7% right now because of uh, there's 14 members. But he's claiming Florida State and Clemson combined for about 24% of the value of the conference media rights deals. So they should get an extra, maybe split up an extra 10% of the revenue that would help close the gap a little. Uh, Pat thoughts on, uh, on this. Well, boy, I mean, there's, you know, this has kind of been this undercurrent of discontent for a while and it flares up and it goes away and it flares up and it goes away because I think the reality that most of these schools have run into is we, we can't get out. We're stuck by this grant of rights. But I think there is a kind of renewed, even more concerted effort to let's find a way out, uh, or at least to talk about it enough so that you kind of keep stirring it up and and maybe you you can get some of your fellow ACC peers to go in with you and say, yeah, whether it's you know a lawsuit to get out of the grant of rights or whatever. I mean, whatever you try to do is going to be massively painful controversial uh, it's going to take forever and it's going to be expensive so but you're you're the the gamble or the bet is that we're going to make so much more on the back end that it's worth it but it's it's going to be difficult if it, if it even gets that far but if, you know you, you hear I, I mean depending on which day you know no nah, this is dead in the water then no wait no no not dead in the water a lot of acc schools want this to happen you know we want out so i you know where this ends up i don't know but the simmering discontent is something for jim phillips and that membership that they're just going to kind of constantly have to deal with and whether that's whether it's reached a critical mass enough that you you give in to a uneven revenue distribution i think that's almost a last resort because when you do that that's when you really start i think creating some acrimony within the league and they don't want to do that yeah we've seen that happen in other leagues with with other schools right in the past like you said i think you summed it up well like this has been something that's been simmering privately that has leaked out every now and then publicly but we've never seen you know this much publicly said about it and i think that probably speaks to the current frustration level 
And also, it's not coincidental that just two, maybe three weeks ago, the ACC ADs met and had their yearly winter meeting in Charlotte. And a, a revenue distribution model change was discussed. And based on Michael Alford's comments to the board, it's pretty clear that uh, the revenue distribution model change that was discussed um, was was uh, was not approved, and uh, probably good bet that three fourths or four fifths of the league did was not were not in support of it. In the Clemson's and the Florida States and the Miami's, maybe and uh, maybe the North Carolinas or something were were maybe more support of it. So it's interesting in the ACC because you you have a couple few of these big brands normally tied to football, but a couple tied to to men's basketball that generate a, a good bit of revenue. And then, and then you, you know, just being kind of blunt, but then you, you have these academic schools that, that aren't, <laughs> don't really have, don't really have these big brands or historic success. And, uh, and they're having to coexist with one another. And uh, it's kind of micro, it's kind of a microcosm of what we seen in the NCAA overall and in division one overall, where you have these, the, the Power Five versus the FBS or the FBS versus the FCS. It's kind of a microcosm there. And something's got to give here. They're not, it would be shocking that uh, the ACC would go 13 more years with this big gap in, in revenue distribution compared to the other, other leagues, especially the Big Ten in the SEC. So something's got to give. So the question is how many decide to challenge it? When do they decide to challenge it? How? Do they decide to challenge it? Because if something, if the distribution model is not changing, if there's no other revenue generating source they can come up with, or if ESPN doesn't, you know, bump up the deal in some way, maybe tied to a new deal, I, I think somebody's going to challenge this thing at, at some point because you can't coexist in this environment. The ACC can't coexist in an environment where they're 20 to 30 million to maybe even 40 million behind some of these other schools. I mean, good luck. Cause I mean, Oklahoma and Texas had to leave a hundred million on the table just to get out of their deal one year early with the big 12, yeah, right. To right. go to the sec. So I, I, good luck. Well, that'll be a, that'll be, that'll be a court fight. And, and Dan, just to like clarify, you mentioned, you met reminded Reminded me, you know, $100 million, you know, $50 million for each Texas and Oklahoma to get out. The exit fee that Alford cited, and I've I heard it, it is accurate, $120 million to break the deal with the ACC. The problem is that's only one of two parts of this. That is the exit fee, but the other part is you are still bound by the, by the grant of rights, and you need ESPN in, in the league in general to uh, agree to break those grant of rights. And uh, it would be hard to see that happening. It's one thing for ESPN and Fox in the Big 12 to agree to uh, for Texas and Oklahoma to break the grant of rights for one year. Right. It'd be hard to see you know them doing it for the ACC schools for 12 years. Yeah. No, it's really only good. All right. Finally, this story, uh, it's in the rundown if you guys want to read it. It's got one of the greatest headlines I've ever seen. This is uh, from NBC2 down in Florida. Uh, the headline is Fort Myers man arrested after disrespectfully 
consuming key lime pie. <laughs> Fort Myers man arrested after disrespectfully consuming a key lime pie. <laughs> Teddy Byrne, uh, who's writing down there for NBC2. Uh, you work. got me and about, about a million of our listeners who are excited about a disrespectful consumption <laughs> of a key lime pie somehow being against the law. First off, it's like the craziest story. It includes a recipe for a key lime pie at the Ooh. end. Okay. Um, definitely not written in New York Times style. <laughs> but here's the situation. One Fort Myers man went out of his way to obtain, uh, he loves a key lime pie. So it was his mother's birthday. Uh, and he's older, older man. And he got a uh, got a key lime pie for the big day, for the birthday. But the, another person who lives in the house with the mom and maybe him uh, is a guy named David Powelson. And Powelson uh, was told to leave the key lime pie alone because it was going to be for the birthday dinner, but he just couldn't resist himself, apparently. Uh, or res <laughs> resist. And I mean, a good key lime pie, you know. Tough I got, to beat, tough to resist. Uh, you know, I, mean, I get it. I mean, you know, it's definitely calling your name there. So uh, on February 15th, around 5, the man, uh, according to this story, slipped into a daze in his recliner when he caught, something caught his eye. Powelson wasn't just eating the prized possession, the pie. He was making sure there wasn't a crumb left oh behind. God. Why didn't you just save me one piece, the dejected man? So he's kind of a victim as, you, as the story plays out, <laughs> which is why they're probably not naming him. Extolled to Powelson. He got so upset, he confronted Powelson about the key lime pie. Uh, the two became embroiled in a war of words. And then at the end, Powelson uh, decided to cool off the other guy by dumping two large glasses of water <laughs> over him. Uh, the cops were called and Powelson was arrested for battery on a person 65 or older. So, you know, as crimes go, this isn't too bad. <laughs> you know, the guy got wet, but, it, you know, it wasn't wasn't too bad. <laughs> Someone eats your key lime pie, though. Is, I mean, if you're risking that, not only yours, your mom's. I mean, I like. I think he's lucky it didn't get worse. Yeah, didn't sure. get his ass kicked. That's mom's key lime pie. Mom's birthday. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have some issues here. First of all, Teddy Byrne, not the greatest writer of all time for NBC. Too. <laughs> Let's, uh, can, we, can we just make that point? Okay. Yes, that's a yeah. very confusing <laughs> story. And yeah. then the, the the recipe at the end is just completely out of turn. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's bizarre. Here's, oh, also, a here's a key recipe. lime pie recipe. Because <laughs> you want to make it for your mama and eat it all. That's Although, right. When you read the story, you do start wanting key lime pie, right? Yeah. Oh, I do. Uh, but the man was not extolling to Powell. I think that's the wrong use of that verb. But anyway. That aside, look, that's that's like a key lime key lime pie hotbed down there in Southwest Florida, right? I mean, it's not actually Key West, but it's close enough. So that's you know kind of like taking somebody's bourbon yeah, in Kentucky. Got lime or, trees, yeah, you know. I mean, that's that's. Some oh yeah, they take stuff. the key lime pie serious down there. There's no question because they, they got a lime lime tree outside, probably. Yeah, but so yeah, I'd, I'd throw the book at this dude. I would uh, I would have him. Like, probably jailed for the rest of his life and make sure he gets no more key lime pie ever. How about flat? Uh, what do they call it? Um, 
is it flagged? Well, you know, like the spanking with the big paddle. Uh, oh, flogged, uh, flogged. Yeah. Flogged, 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 yeah. Yeah. flagged. Yeah. Look at me. Uh, yeah. It's a Monday. Uh, flogged. <laughs> yes. How about how about fl- give him a good a good flog? How many pieces did he eat? A whole pie? The whole pie. Eight the pieces. Whole pie. Eight floggings. There you go. <laughs> And you know what? Throw a, a few key limes at him that haven't ripened either. Some hard key limes. There throw you go. Throw, yeah. throw a few key limes at him. Yeah, have him. What if you could do like limes. a? What if we could set up like a no, like the no fly list? Like we set up a deal where you can't. Like he goes to a restaurant, tries to order a slice of key lime pie, not allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've had your full. A, a key lime pie rogue list in Southwest Florida down there. If you're on it. <laughs> No key lime for you. That's your punishment. You have to watch yeah. other people eat key lime pie, and you're not allowed. Because <laughs> he clearly can't resist birthday pie. No, it's a good pie. I like it. That's the, sure the dumbest crime I think it. we've ever covered. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean it's that is dumb. saying something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a mugshot yeah. here. This guy, yeah, county right. sheriff's. Looks what are you in for? <sighs> Key lime pie, man. <laughs> Only in Florida. He was Only making it for his mom. It was so good. I ate it right in front of him. <laughs> uh, well, I don't Florida know. man. We start with <laughs> crime and punishment. We end with crime and punishment. <laughs> yep. There you go. Full circle. Full circle story. All right. We'll be back later this week. Who knows what will happen? Who knows? Something well, though. Thanks for listening. Continue to share us on social media. We will talk to you later.